In today's Mass, we're introduced to the beginning of chapter 16 of the Acts of the Apostles. Chapter 16 to 20 portrays for us the second and third, as they're often called, missionary journeys of Paul. He has a vision at night in which someone from Macedonia appeals to him, come across to Macedonia and help us. Paul and his companions waste no time. They're convinced that God has called them to bring the good news to the people of Macedonia. Now, what I'd like to do is to paint for you the picture of this missionary journey that St. Paul sets out on. If you were to get a map, you would see that in modern terms, you would look at Macedonia and Greece, and then there's a body of water to your right, say from Athens, and you go across to what you'd now call modern Turkey. That body of water is called the Aegean Sea. So when Paul sets out from Antioch, he travels through places like Lystra, and on his way to Macedonia, he goes through what we'd now call Turkey. He goes through a place called Troas and up to Philippi, where he meets a lady called Lydia, who's of the purple dye trade, and her heart is open to receive the message of Christ's good news that Paul gives to her. Then, well, Philippi, by the way, was the major Roman town of Macedonia, major city. And then he travels from Philippi down through Thessalonica and down to Athens, the great city of the ancient Greek culture, and on to Corinth, another great city of the ancient Greek times. And then on his way back, he goes to Ephesus and then back towards Antioch in Syria. It's an enormous distance to travel. And as he goes through that missionary journey, he does two great things for us. Uh, first of all, he shows a great capacity to go through different experiences and respond to them properly. So there's the success of meeting Lydia, who opens her heart to the grace of God. There's the difficulty of being put into prison because he frees a young slave girl from a spirit of divination. The people who made money out of her through the spirit of divination now are upset and he's placed in jail. And then because Paul is a Roman citizen, he's apologized to after he's released and he goes on his way eventually to come to Athens where he engages in what we now call apologetics. He gives a reasoned, systematic account of our faith to the Greek people who will listen to him. And he tries there to meet Greek people and explain to them how our faith holds together, what really is our belief in the resurrection. Later on, greater minds down the church will develop this in terms of explaining what's in harmony with reason. And if it's something which is beyond reason in our faith, how it doesn't contradict what is in reason and so on. But here Paul, as the great inspired genius of the New Testament begins this process of confidently meeting the Greek culture of his time and helping them to understand the message of Christ. The second great thing Paul does in these journeys is to write quite a number of letters. So how can we imagine the New Testament corpus without a letter to the Ephesians or to the Corinthians, those two great letters about church life and how to order the life of the church. And the letter to the Philippi, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice, Paul writes. And Thessalonica, the Thessalonians, 
You see their letters, and then in Colossae, there's a letter to the people of Colossae, the Colossians, as we now say. And so in this way, this is a defining moment in a way of Christianity, the missionary outreach of Paul, the great energy to preach the gospel to the people of his time, and also taking care to articulate his thoughts in relation to various problems and to outline the implications of the life of Christ for people in their particular situation. We too are caught up in this mission. We are convinced that God has called us to bring the good news to the people of our time. How are we going to do that?